0: Thank you for watching this week's message. If you have questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer names, do not hesitate to connect with us on Facebook at First Assembly Meridian or on Instagram and Twitter at fam underscore meridian. If you would like information about service times, small groups, or anything else, head over to our website, firstassemblymeridian.com. We pray this message will encourage and challenge you to be all God has created you to be.
1: This morning, I want you to open your Bibles, your iPhones, your Bible apps, whatever it is that you look in the Word of God to, and uh, and I want us to uh, I want us to look into the the Word in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter six, Nehemiah chapter six, and I uh, I want us to talk a little bit today about the persistence of evil. I don't know about you, but. Uh, but i I look around the world, I see news reports, I see things that are happening in our day and our time, and it reminds me every time I every, every time I open my eyes uh, it is it is easy to see evil evil. we, we can uh, somebody just told me this morning and I don't have any details about it, but somebody told me that this morning there was a report of eight people in Mississippi that were killed. I believe this morning or or late last night I, I don't know any details about that but evil certainly exists in our world and evil is very persistent how many of you have ever encountered evil on any level I'm just curious you've encountered evil hands are up all over the place and 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 so I, I want to to challenge you just a little bit to, to be the kind of people that will recognize that it, it does not matter that you're trying to do your best for God uh, well, that does matter. But, but sometimes we have this idea that if we're living right or doing right or trying to do uh, good things, that, that evil won't touch us. Sometimes we have this idea that, that if we're, uh, we're just just uh, the, the kind of sweet people that God wants us to be, that, that bad things won't come our way. And the truth of the matter is that bad things come our way sometimes because we are trying to do the right thing bad things come our way sometimes because well because god's got a plan for us and the enemy of our soul does not want god's plan to unfold in our lives and so so just go ahead and mark it in your heart and your mind to know that evil is a very persistent fact of our world but but at the same time We've got to know that God's love and God's grace and God's plan and God's hope and God's God's uh, design for our life is is as persistent or more so. And the design of evil most of the time is simply an effort by the evil one to cause men and women to miss God's best plan. Everybody say that with me, God's best plan. God's best plan. God's best plan for us is, is that we would know Him, that we would know His Word, and that we would begin to live according to His Word, that, that the principles of His Word would find it themselves in our lives so that it, uh, it changes or it directs or it influences our interaction with other people. God's best plan for a man is that he would become a man of God, a man of character, a man of 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 uh, of, of, uh, of a conscientious nature, a man that cares, and a man that 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 is a man that is a man. I don't have a problem with saying that. And God's plan for a woman is is that she would be a godly woman, a strong. Woman, a person that, that would have care and compassion for others and, and, uh, and, and live her life in a way that would shine the light of God's love and God's grace in other people's lives. And, and you know that sometimes uh, uh, we can have godly people that have all of those things, uh, all of those possibilities before them, and circumstances will arise to attack the godliness in their life. And here's a good test. Have you ever acted less than godly? Yeah, three people in here have, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, most of the time when I ask questions like that, you know we're talking about those other people, right? But in our day, in our lives, listen, sometimes circumstances will push us into a corner or circumstances will cause us to act a particular way or will, will, have you ever really acted outside of your character? Just curious. Yeah, you know, I think probably we all have at one point or another and, and it's because our situation in time or our circumstances will cause us to do that. But, you know, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning and, and kind of get, get you to thinking about a few things. Uh, how many of you have ever had a, a project that you were responsible for, something that you just had to do? Some of us may have to look all the way back to, to when we were in school, uh, you know, when, when we had projects. But, but the truth of the matter is most of us have projects we're responsible for along the way in our day. How, how many? I'm just curious. You've had a project you're responsible for. Now, now I like projects when I'm the only one working on them. Come on. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are days that you surely do feel like you need some help. But, Brother Rice, sometimes it's easier just to do it yourself than it is to try to figure out how to work with someone else. Anybody ever been there? I mean, how many of you remember when you were in school and this teacher decided, you know what, we're going to do group work. Yeah. how were the groups when you were in school? I'm just curious teachers. Let me just go, I know why y'all do that. You're trying to teach us to work together, OK? Put me in a good group next time then, okay? All right? Is it? In fact, In fact, I'd like to be in one of those groups where I'm the one that gets to coast, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get what I'm saying. See, sometimes the group's not all that good because not everybody's showing up with the same motivation. But, but in your life and in mine, there are times that we are definitely responsible for, for getting some things done. H- have you ever had something you just kind of felt the pressure to get finished? Anybody? Just, I got to get this done? You know, have you ever had times when it, think, it seemed like everything around you worked against you? You ever felt that pressure? Or have you, you know, that deadline's coming? How many of you have told yourself this story and you shared it with others? I work best with a deadline. Yeah? You know, how many of you? I'm just curious. How many of you say, I do better with a deadline, right? You know, I've, I've worked most of my life with a deadline. It's not a character trait. It's not a positive character trait, I should say it's because i drag my feet until i don't have any choice and i got to get the get past the deadline right come on yeah you, know, you know i mean i can remember no you don't need to hear that you see, see there are things that we have that they're that just expected of of us sometimes and and uh, and boy i want to tell you it, it is hard to get things done from time to time because of ourselves, because of others, because of... Well, you know, sometimes it's, it's even because there's a lack of help. Have you ever thought, if only I had enough help, I could get all of this accomplished? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things like that. I, I, uh, I, I, I just want you to know that we've been called to be doers. We have been called to be people of accomplishment, people that, that can, can, can go to a broken wall around the city as it were in Jerusalem in Nehemiah's time and people that could could rebuild or repair or restore and 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 for our purposes today I am telling you that the walls of our city in the sense of uh, the the church and the church world our families and our family life our children and the rearing of our children our relationships All of those kind of things find themselves at times in a state of disrepair, and we must find our way to putting those things back together. Now, in a marriage, there's no way to to accomplish that goal without having a husband and a wife that are willing to blend themselves together in order to build what God has called them to build. And what God's called you to build in a marriage is a, is a marriage and a relationship that honors God, doesn't honor the husband only and alone or the wife only and alone, but there's a blending of the two, and they, too, become one flesh and honor God in that fashion. Well, sometimes it might be on your job, and you might have trouble uh, just just showing up every day to be that person that God has called you to be because Maybe someone else is not pulling their weight. But the Bible says whatever our hand finds to do, we ought to do it with all of our might. We ought to do our work every day as if we are working for the Lord. And, and I'm saying this today that it does not matter whether you're a pastor, an evangelist, or you're a staff member on a, on a church team, or, or if you are a, a factory worker and in, in some place that... That, uh, that doesn't seem to be spiritual at all, when you commit your work to the Lord, it does not matter what others are doing. What matters is what you're doing because we give ourselves to God and we do it as unto the Lord. Well, you know, we all have things. We all have stuff to accomplish. We all have uh, things that we're called to do. And, you know, for weeks we've been talking about the, the rebuilding of the walls that were around Jerusalem. We've been talking about the fact that, uh, that the walls were in a state of disrepair, the gates were burned and broken, and, and, uh, and Nehemiah was raised up by God with a vision to say, you know, it is time for us to do something about the state of affairs in Jerusalem, about, about the condition of the wall and the gates of the city. It's time for us to bring repair to the rubble. And, and, you know, in your day and in my mine, we find uh, an easy correlation to, to that story and our experience because from time to time I'll encounter people whose, whose very lives look as if... They are lying in ruin. They are lying in rubble, and and our responsibility then becomes to to bring repair and to, to bring a, a a healing or or recovery in those kind of in those lives that are struggling, and we we find it easier, or I find it easier, to work with stuff like this than I do with stuff like this sometimes. You know, I mean, really, I, what what can what can a brick tell you? You know what can this do? You you can you can place this thing you know with a little bit of mortar. You can place it where you want it to go. It don't move. Come on. And if you do it right, if you get it level, brother Ray, if you get it plumb, it's going to look pretty good. And the, the problem here is that sometimes when you're dealing with with God's people, you get them plumb and you get them right and you get them straight and you get them level. And somebody comes along and messes up the whole work. Sometimes it's them. Sylvester's the only one I know that would never mess up. He's like, I ain't going to say that. (laughs) The the problem is that that when we are working, the the raw material that we work with, you and I, as a church, that we work with, it's kind of fluid. And it is difficult to get everybody all going in the same direction, on the same page, all of the time, but it can be done. Amen? It can be done. Uh, somewhere around 30 years ago, in all honesty, I don't have the date and the time, but it was quite a long time ago, there was a church that was built in our community that, uh, that I remember. I remember when it was built. I remember the, uh, the news reports about it. It, it was built, in in a remarkably short space of time. I mean, from the groundbreaking all the way to the completion, there, there were folks that built this thing, and they only spent about six weeks or so building that church. It's just crazy how, how fast it went up. Now, now, you know, a church is kind of a wide-open area, and so they had the exterior walls, the roof, and whatnot to do, but, but these, this was built largely by volunteers and uh and i remember i mean all these years ago i can remember watching channel 11 and they were doing a report on the six o'clock news about how this had all come together and these guys had gone in and and i mean everything was organized everything was planned out everything was structured and they their volunteers worked around the clock i mean everybody knew their job everybody knew their place they really worked hard in order to get this thing done and built this, this building in, a, in just a, a record amount of time. And, and it is just, a, just just remarkable what can happen when people will get motivated to do a project for the Lord. I mean, it's just crazy. Now, about 30 years ago, this happened. About 30 years later, that church still looks like it did 30 years ago. I mean, it's there, and it's serving a congregation. But the last thing I heard about that church, really, I mean, you know, there are folks that know some things about it, I'm sure. But the last thing I heard about that church from a public perspective was way back then when they got through building the building. Now, I'm not putting that down at all. That was in a remarkable accomplishment. But I am here to tell you today that for our purposes and our discussion, that our, 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 uh, it's not about buildings, uh, it's not about brick, it's not about wood and it's not about uh, brick and mortar for us. It is about building up and raising up people to become what God has ordained the church to be. And, uh, and, and I, I just wanna, I want want to, to say how cool would it be for us to be the church that has become that has become so adept at, building up people, of, of building, becoming what, what God has ordained us to become, doing a work that, uh, that would get the media's attention, and, and people go, wow, you know what? We're seeing change in people's lives because of you. Now, now, you know, free press never hurts anything as long as you can keep your motivation right. You understand? A little bit of attention, if it goes to your head, can be a bad thing. But but what if we became the church that if if uh, if suddenly we were gone, our community would desperately miss us? I, I want us to become such a value in our community that people are like, man, I just don't know what we would do without those folks at FAM. I want us to be the kind of church that that is uh, every day showing up to. To, to, to our portion of the wall to bring a rebuilding and a repair and a, and a, and a strengthening or a po- the possibilities of God to bear so that we are making a difference in the lives of men and women and boys and girls around our community. And I think that, that we are in many ways doing that, but we're not doing it to, to the extent that God's going to let us uh, in the days to come. You know, again, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about building people. Uh, And uh, and and you know, what what if by chance our labor in the community became so well organized and so well attended that it made an impression on those folks that were outside of our circle? Now, sometimes it's real easy, Jimmy. It's easy for us to get impressed with ourselves, right? You know, I mean, not just me and him, but you know, we we do. We stand around and go, you know, I'm. Feeling pretty good about me. How about you? Yeah? Yeah, I, I'm being a little funny, but, but we sometimes will be easily impressed with ourselves. But until the Lord is impressed with us and we're making an impression on those folks in our community, we have not yet accomplished what God has ordained uh, that we should accomplish. There, you know, there, 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 uh, there, there are things yet left for us to do. You know, what, what if there were folks that saw the work that we were doing, the, uh, the, the, the effort that we were putting forth, and, and all of a sudden they decided, you know what, I want to be a part of the action so that they could see the work progress together with us. What if we were the kind of people like Nehemiah and those guys that, that were able to have a God-sized vision and, uh, and be able to accomplish something for the Lord. In fact, I want to ask Selena and Jimmy to come right now and just share briefly what, what God has put on your heart. And you know what I'm talking about. There you go. She said, Do you want to go first? Do you want me to?
2: Last year, I had a friend that came through Celebrate Recovery, and she's been here a whole year. And I found out that somebody invited her at the laundromat. And so I decided, Well, if we ever get a chance, I want to go to the laundromat and just take some cards and some, you know, we went like this past month, we went on Easter and we took some Nutty Buddies and some bottled waters and some uh, FAM cards to invite them to church for Easter Sunday. And, um, but what made me want to do that was I remembered when I was going to the laundromat and um, we was not paying tithes. Nobody was, de- was blocking any devour from us. We was inviting the devour. We didn't have uh, a washing machine or a dryer. Either we had one that was broke. And so we'd go to the laundromat, and I was trying to hide my failure. So I said, oh, I'm just here to clean my comforter or my blankets, big stuff that won't fit in my, laundry, my uh, washing machine at home. But I know that there's people out there that need the love of God, need to learn how to have the 90% blessings and, and not uh, have the devour on your income whenever, you know, you can find God and have him make a change in your life. And so we was doing it with nutty buddies and water bottles but my husband decided let's just get some tide pods and some quarters and just go like on tuesdays we kind of went and looked to see when the the best time to go and tuesday they have a large crowd there <clears throat> so that's what we was going to be talking about and seeing if y'all would like to um uh, get involved in it way. Anyway, we would love to invite y'all too
3: it is neat how this is just a this i mean it's just one simple idea we were here me and some ladies from the church kind of helping me clean up one Saturday. And like happens sometimes, Selena just kind of came up missing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but she came back with nutty buddies and uh, bottles of water. And we just kind of took off to the laundromats. And, you know, and it, 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 it took me back. We got to go to a pastor school in, at uh, Tommy Barnett's church in Phoenix. And uh, they have this slogan there that's everywhere. Uh, find a need and fill it find a hurt and heal it and that's kind of what the Lord had put on Selena's heart there was a hurt there and there was a need there and we just kind of went out and stepped up every one of them took their bottle of water took the nutty buddy was proud to have it we prayed with them and they were proud to have that and glad to have it but one of the things that broke my heart was like the very first family we prayed for mom's like no we're okay we don't need any prayer and the little girl said I do She's, I don't know, maybe six. And she said, I would like to pray that my daddy would spend some time with me. Wow. And we found that to be reoccurring over and over. We heard, I'm just a single mom just trying to make it. Uh, I'm a single mom trying to go to school and make myself better for my family. And, man, there's a hurt out there, okay? There's a <laughs> there, there's a need. Let's go find them and heal them and feel it and uh, all of those things. Thank you all for listening to
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> so I wanted you, I wanted you to hear about this simple outreach because sometimes in your life and in mine, I believe that when we think of church outreach, we immediately think of of like a huge crusade where we've got to have you know a hundred people together and we got to. Do, but, but look, they just got little uh, Ziploc bags with Tide Pods and cards from the church and a, and a heart willing to go and reach out to somebody and pray. And, and that's exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about our homes that are broken or our church that is down or our marriages that are falling. That's exactly what I'm talking about for the church to be able to do to make a difference in the lives of men and women. And, and boys and girls as well. When Jimmy and, uh, was sharing the story with me about their first time out, and this child that just said, oh, I've got a need. If you'll just pray, if you'll just pray that my daddy would spend some more time with me. I thought, what an amazing ministry opportunity. And you know what? This, this is one of those things that anybody can do. How many anybodies do we have in our church right now? Amen. we got a lot of anybodies. You know, and it and it is such a simple thing. And we uh, uh we we we've, we've heard of, and we've thought of, and we've dreamed of all kinds of different ministry opportunities. And over time, we've done everything from giving away free groceries to free clothes to to all, you know all kinds of things. And some things have been very productive, and some things have have not been so productive, but but uh, but the but the the heart of a people that would be willing to set themselves in a place to reach out to someone and to be able to offer prayer and encouragement in in, a, in just a, a normal everyday kind of thing I'm telling you is a, is a very, very valuable, valuable thing. Well, you know those kind of things are exactly what was going on in nehemiah 's time when uh, or in Jerusalem when Nehemiah came back to to rebuild the city, you know, and you've already heard me say over and again that the the city had been sacked and burned, the walls had been destroyed in the siege, the gates had been broken, the the riches of the palace had been depleted long before that, and all the furnishings of the temple had been carried away by the enemies, and and the people, many of them, had actually been taken away into slavery. And, and now we've got a story uh, in the book of Nehemiah, of Nehemiah coming back many, many years later, and, uh, and, and he is back on the scene, and he is there to, to repair and to restore and to rebuild. He's got a vision from God in order to accomplish the work, and he's got the favor of the king because he's been given permission and resources uh, uh, to do that, and then he has the ear of the people. And he tells the people from the, from the leaders on down through whoever would listen, he, uh, he, he tells everyone there why he was there, that he was there to rebuild the wall, to bring, bring, uh, bring security back to the city, if it were, as it were. And their response as a group was amazing. Their response was, well, then let's rise up and build. And then the word says, then they set their hands to do the good work. Now, when we look into the the Scripture and we look at the story, we know that there was was opposition from outside of the camp. There, There were those that immediately decided, we do not want something good to happen. We don't want the walls to be rebuilt. We don't want the gates to be repaired. There was opposition from outside the camp. But but there were also circumstances that arose through the course of their building. And we heard about that last week, that circumstances would arise from time to time to derail the mission. And and the the simple truth is that whatever the mission that you might have for God, whatever the outreach or whatever the rebuilding or whatever the repair may be in your life or, or in the life of someone else that you're trying to help, I'm telling you there's always going to be opposition. Remember I said at the beginning of this message that evil is very persistent. Evil likes to see the wall of our lives broken and the gates of our lives burned. Evil loves to see marriages destroyed. Evil loves to see people broken. Evil loves to see families divided. Evil loves to see people separated from God. Evil loves to see that. But i am here to tell you that it is a it, there, there's an, an amazing opportunity that we all have all the time to bring that repair and to bring that restoration to rebuild and to repair and to restore now you know over time you've seen the weapons that i brought in and the tools that i brought in and the things that we have that that just represent doing the work and we i want to remind you that when they were doing the work they were doing the work the bible says with a tool in one hand to accomplish the work and a weapon in another hand because they knew that there was an adversary. It, it is important for us to be the kind of people that are willing not to let Satan have his way in our life and to cause Satan to, or allow Satan to cause us to be derailed in the matter. So we know up to chapter 6 of, uh, of Nehemiah, we know that the work has been going on. And we know that, uh, that the enemy has been very, very persistent. In Nehemiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, the word says this Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together. Among the villages in the plain of Ono, um, but they they thought to do me harm, and so I sent messengers to them saying, "I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you?" But they sent this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Then Sandbalat sent his servant to me as before the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand. In it was written. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that that you may be their king, and you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king, so come, therefore, and let us consult together. In Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. You see, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, they saw their influence, they saw their, uh, their control, their power, being eroded because they, their power was based upon the fact that the people of Israel, the people of Jerusalem, were in a weakened state. And they saw that, that, that these were people that were willing to take advantage of a bad situation. They, they wanted to hold on to their position at the expense of other folks. And they were willing to just bald-faced lie to, to support their position their desires their 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 uh their willingness to see destruction in other people's lives they made up lies they distorted facts they they tried to bring intimidation and fear in in your life and in mine when we set ourselves to try to offer a repair in someone else's life the very first thing that the enemy does is he tries to bring intimidation. He'll say things to us like, you don't have the words to say, you're not good enough, you're not able, you, you can't, they'll laugh at you. There will be things that will come to your heart and to your mind, and they will all be designed to cause you to step back and say, you know what, I just don't know how I can be effective. I don't know how I can accomplish what God has For me to do and the design is to keep the gates in a state of disrepair. The portions of the gate that really matter to us, our families, our church, uh, our morality, our uh, our ministries, whatever those things may be, to let those things lie in ruin rather than to be built. To see families that are that that are easily given to destruction rather than offering the truth of God's word and in the encouragement of, of God's truth. To allow uh, devastation to be established and to be maintained. Do you know sometimes you have to work pretty hard to, uh, to maintain devastation? But so do when things are built and rebuilt. You have to be persistent in keeping, uh, keeping that serviced and served and supported along the way. In your life and in mine. We've got all kinds of opportunities To make a difference in people's lives and as I shared earlier we've tried all kinds of things before I mean over the years I mean in our church in efforts to reach out to people there was a time that we went in the print business and we started uh, we we started a a, a, a kind of a tabloid type newspaper type thing that once a month we sent out 20,000 copies in the Meridian Star to to the surrounding counties around here in order to try to reach as many people as we could. And we were working hard on it. It was a great deal. It was it was cool to do. It was putting the church out there in front of folks. And, and we did it diligently until I found out the folks within the church weren't even reading it. And I thought, you know what? If the folks that it's all about is not reading it, I don't know if the people out there are reading it. And I don't want to line the cages of you know uh, uh, parakeets to... You know <laughs> that's not the ministry all right yeah, you know and then there were things like uh like food ministry we we actually own a a, a van eighteen wheeler van uh or or whatever you would call it a trailer out there that 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 was bought for us to become a storage uh, uh facility of sorts for uh for food when we were giving food away and trying to offer ministry to to uh, to families that were in need and and for a quite some time, we were, were very active in that. And, uh, and I can't say that it was always managed well or it was always done efficiently, but we were doing our best to be able to make a difference. Uh, there were times, Pastor David, you remember when we went down and, and we made up our mind, you know what? We're going to be a blessing to the business leaders of our community. You know, it's one thing to always be reaching to the down and out, but how many of you know the up and mobile sometimes they are not saved either and they need to be touched by the grace and the glory of god as well so so we 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 were looking for other ways to to to, uh to reach out then we we launched into other ministries like the street ministry or the homeless ministry or you know whatever you want to, to to say we have uh given ourselves over time to various efforts and outreaches and you know what? Every time, no matter which one it has been, no matter what the ministry has been, it does, and, and even though it, it's, it's actually come from different sources, every ministry that we have engaged in, I've had someone remark, well, that one's not for me. That, that one's not for me. Or, or like, you know, I just don't have a burden for that one. I don't know how you have a burden for it, but I don't have a burden for it. And and when I first began to hear those things, Brother Ray, I was a little bit perturbed. I mean, because we were putting all of our eggs in one basket, and we were like working hard. This is what we're going to do today. This is what we're going to accomplish. And somebody said, well, that's not for me. And I was like, what in the world? I mean, we've been praying about it. We've been preparing for this. We've been trying to work for it. And, and you know what? I guess age and time and maybe a little seasoning you know, along the way, whatever, you know, helps you to realize that, that not everybody has the same strength. Not everybody has the same interest. Not everybody has the same abilities. And so here we go. Not everybody is expected to do the same thing. But everybody really is expected to find their place around the wall and go to work for the Lord to repair and to rebuild and to restore and to accomplish the work that God has called us to uh, and in the ways that God has gifted us individually, uniquely to do. Remember in this rebuilding of the wall. In the rebuilding of the wall, there were people that worked in very specific places that were related to their profession. There were people that worked in very specific places that was was directly adjacent to their homes or their community. There, there There was a reason for people to be working in all of these different areas. And so when we stop and we think a little bit about our community and how we might reach out to those that are around us, we might come up with something as simple as putting a few Tide Pods in a Ziploc bag with some quarters and showing up at, a, at a, uh, 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 a laundromat and saying, you know what, we just want to be a blessing. Can we pray for you? That might be the most profound ministry that someone might encounter, and it might be right on time. Or it might be a young man that just shows up at the project with a basketball and says, hey, guys, do you all want to throw a football or play basketball or do you want to just spend a little bit of time together and develop relationship with those young men or, or young ladies as, as, uh, as time offers or as opportunity presents? Or it could be something as simple as this. And there's a, there's a ministry opportunity that we are going to work on and, and I, I think maybe Debbie is adopting this as kind of the head person. But what if we were able to have a diaper ministry for new families and we were able to just say, you know what, I know we can't provide everything you need, but here's a few diapers from a church that loves you when their baby is born into this world. I want to just tell you, I, I think that there are some things that can be accomplished through a group of people that are willing to say, step back a little bit and look at the wall, as it were, and say... What area of need might I find? What might I be able to do to bring a difference in someone else's life? How might I be able to show the love of Christ and uh, to accomplish the work that God has called us to do? Well, see, as soon as you start thinking like that, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, they're going to show up. As soon as you start thinking like that, the adversary, the persistent evil of this world, the one that wants to cause you to miss God's best plan for you and His plan for them, they're going to show up. They're going to try to bring intimidation. They're going to say, well, what are those folks going to think of you when you walk in that place with Tide Pods and quarters? Let me tell you what they're going to think. They're going to think, you got any more? Yeah. But the enemy would say they're going to look at you and go, Who do you think you are? Well, granted, you could meet that person. But is that person going to turn you away from the other people that are genuinely in need and would be genuinely appreciative of someone that was showing up just to demonstrate that they care? The truth is that the adversary, boy, he'll show up and he'll try to turn you away from becoming what God wants you to become. And and he will cause you to stop thinking and dreaming. You see, these examples that we've offered this morning, they're not the limit of what we can do. It, the, the limit of what we can do will never be fully tapped. The limit of what we can do is right here in your own heart and mind. I mean, the limit of what we can do, God has designed that, Wrap that up in a package called you. And every one of us have something that we can offer, whether it's large or whether it's very small, if we just do it in the name of the Lord. Now, what do we do about the enemies of our soul? We stand against him. We rebuke him. We resist him. And he must flee from us. What do we do with the dreams that God has for us? The first thing we do is we begin to dream them. And so, Lord, I want you to begin to show me the possibilities of my place around the wall. That's what I'm asking you to do today. This is where we're coming with this message. Lord, I want you to show me the possibilities of my ministry around this wall my place of construction, my place of rebuilding, my place of repair. What can I do to honor you and to bless other people? Now that's the first thing. And then say, Lord, give me a willing heart that won't allow anything to get in the way.
0: We would like to invite you to be a part of FAM's ministry. God has given each of us so much that it is our desire not only to give back, but to inspire others to do the same. To give online, head over to our website and press the giving button, or text the amount to 601-621-4632. Again, if you have any questions or comments, check out our website or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.